slowly coming to, tightly surrounded by both white coats and white and blue uniforms, they touching, buzzing, and hovering over D. She, a marionette, dangling a tangle of attached wires and tubes. Her days might handicap her clear thinking, and her sore tongue might prevent D from speaking loudly. But through the crack in the door to Laney's now D's room, Stella gleaned what she needed to tell Laney, who led the girls, they burrowing through the dense, resisting, loud, complaining concentration of medicals, the hand-holding girls, human coordinating their dear friend from the attending hospital staff. Philip and Kurt followed the girls, and while a trifle more deferential, nonetheless anchored and extended the barricade. Immediately afterwards, the adult portion of Dee's family, plus Fritz, belatedly and politely made their way through the churning mix, joining their children. The staff tried to hold their ground, threatening to call the police, at which the badge-wielding Sam and Jesse, followed by the mayor's name-invoking Susan Riley, appeared, as did the patient's rights advocate, Isabel Guffey, all squeezing to the patient's side. The medicals, already discombobulated by the raising of the dead and now overwhelmed by numbers and officiousness, reluctantly withdrew, leaving the room to the family and friends. Thanks. Dee smiling, slightly hoarse, tongue numbed, answering the unspoken question. Not feeling like running a marathon, but pretty sure not seriously injured. She gingerly licking her lips. Stella stepping up with the tube of Vaseline. De-using and returning. Just need lots of sleep, I think. Looking around at the group. Haggard all except Laney. She looking like just back from ten days on a Caribbean beach. And I think it's time for everyone to go back to the apartment. Sleep eat. We can talk about everything tomorrow. And no goodbyes, please. Just see you all so soon. Very tired, closing her eyes. Goodbyes, mostly brief, immediately followed. Her parents, father carrying Fritz asleep on his shoulder, stealing an extra kiss. Dee asking the police and Isabel to wait for her outside the room. Dee patted the bed for Philip to sit, carefully raising her tethered arms to embrace and kiss him while her happy girlfriends busied themselves loosening and straightening the sheets and covers around her. Dee exhaled a long sigh, followed by a wan smile, saying to the girls, Now, what's been going on? They squeezing onto the bed, Philip easing to the foot of the bed beside Kurt. Well, I'm back, Laney smiling, taking Dee's hand. But that's no surprise to you. And how good is that for all of us, Dee smiled. As through a glass darkly, I remember us, together on the other side, and I remember a lovely kiss on the hospital bed after that. 
talk about the kiss of death, you passed out, looking very much like your turn to die, Laney. I was afraid all of us were. Stella. Isabel called out, and the doctors and nurses came pouring in, they throwing us out, some examining you, some washing you, some stitching you up, some bandaging you, and others putting ointment on your burns. Dee looking over her arms and at her hands for confirmation. Almost no part of her without some type of healing application. Laney. Dee, you should have seen their faces when the staff came into the room and saw me standing up. If they didn't before, they surely believe in ghosts now. Everyone laughing. Dee holding her stomach with her more mobile hand, laughing too. Laney again. Do you remember that scene in Amal and the Night Visitors? Laurie Baby. Oh, blessed child, may I touch you? That's it. Like they lined up to look and touch. Finally, after a thorough examination, they declared me alive. Throwing her hands above her head, everyone laughing again. Laney. Imagine how relieved I felt. D saying, Oh, stop it, please. I heard all over, and the laughing is killing me. Okay, Laney, sorry. They still want to run some tests to see about the leukemia. I let them take my temperature, check my pulse, my heartbeat, even draw some blood. But I want to go home before they do any more testing. For one thing, I'm starving for chewable food. Philip? Anything you want, he's smiling. And so here we are, Laurie baby. Remind me what happened before the Laney moment. Do you remember confronting the demon, Stella? Satan, yes. The demon was Satan. Yes, I do. You reminding me of it. Remembering that suddenly, after all that doubting, it became Nike simple, just do it. And I remember hearing and seeing all of you rushing up the steps, not remembering, however, why you were there in the first place. Stella, D, simple, maybe at that point, but that was after you levitated, after those nasty gashes, your blood-curdling scream and all that blood. D nodding slowly. I remember that. Fuzzy, but yes, a huge shock and a lot of pain. I kind of expected it. I certainly deserved it. Laney, you have some explaining to do if you want us to believe you deserved anything painful. Another day, D. Laurie, baby. Okay. In the final face-to-face, -face, you broke his elbow and pushed him backwards, and then you threw the laptop at his feet. He looked ridiculous jumping up like a schoolgirl. We heard the small explosion, but Angel was still blocking the stairs until Satan looked like he was going to hit you. In one leap, Angel leaped three steps but stopped short, and a minute later came down from the steps and walked, walked off into the sunset. I said something to him, but you know him, no reply. Then he was gone. She took a deep breath. Do you think we'll ever see him again? 
D nodding, yeah. Next time we don't want him. Taking Laurie Baby's hand, saying, Although I think you have feelings for him that may make you think more kindly of him than I do, perhaps generously kind. And although, honestly, I don't know why I let him get under my skin. Lavi Baby. Strange and distant he is, but a help. And I think he would have taken on Satan if you needed. Stella, he really was a help. We depended on him to clue us onto what we should be doing. Things were so confusing, the knockdown, the chimes, you stripping. Excuse me. I took my clothes off. No dance hall music playing. No bump and grind. No shiny pole. To Philip, not a word. And I hope you turned your head. Everyone strongly averring that it was so. Philip, a beat. Stella, so sorry, my dear. Let's call it nude levitating and let the bungee jumpers eat their hearts out. But the gashes, the screams, and you, a fountain of blood in that explosion, Dee. You know that all we heard during that entire time were bells. Chimes, Dee? Yes, chimes. And the whole time they played, I couldn't read your mind or hear your voice or read your lips. We didn't have a clue whether to come charging in or to stay put or to start running ourselves, Dee laughing like I can picture you running away from anything. But I am getting the picture. We obviously have an awful lot to talk about. Right now, I'm so tired I could throw up, touching Laurie Baby's hand. I suck in Laney's motion. Let's get out of here. Dee resting her head against the backboard, closing her eyes. Laney, Dee, we can't leave yet. You've lost so much blood. They need to transfuse you again. You have huge puncture wounds, thousands of stitches, a lot, plus serious burns and awful bruises in your IVs, dripping one or another anesthetic into you. You'll suffer a lot more without it. Stella, it's all okay. She has it figured out. We can transfuse at home and feed her lots of aspirin. She's not suffering. Her body protects her, she promises. And to Lainey's you're crazy, Dee responded emphatically, I promise, Lazy. I promise, Lainey. Nag. Lainey, all right, my dear, if that's what you want, you'll have to get rid of that first, indicating the IV. Philip, should we call the nurse? Laney, if we do that, we'll have 11 administrators, orderlies, nurses, doctors, all doing their best to stop us. Exactly what we want to avoid. Let's simply yank the IV and walk out. They won't let that happen, Philip saying. She's very hurt. Laney, we have the Boston police to deal with security and a very aggressive lawyer outside to deal with patients' rights issues. In fact, Call them inside now, looking to Stella, she nodding her head. Philip, shaking his head, went to the door while Dee slid the feeder tube and the IV needle from her arm. 
Laurie Baby removed the tape and Stella gauze blotted the spot of blood that followed the extraction. Dee asked for help to the toilet where she changed back into Clara's still slightly damp, blood-soaked dress, lying back down, closing her eyes while she waited. She woke ten minutes later when Philip lifted her from the bed and swung her onto a wheelchair. Dee to the group, I really need to go home. Please don't let anyone stop us. It's 3.30 in the morning when the group processed through the quiet of the intensive care ward, Laney and Dee on nurse-powered wheelchairs, Philip explaining to Dee this the only concession to hospital product protocol Isabel allowed during a boisterous confrontation in Laney's room, Dee sleeping, the argument ending when Isabel pointed out the hospital never properly admitted Dee in the first place, so had no basis on which to delay her exit, pointing to the awkwardness of the hospital's records that indicated the official time of Laney's death as more than three hours ago, she now walking out of her room, a modern Lazarus story that didn't necessarily have to become the hallmark movie of the month or the hot hashtag of the day. Compelling logic. During the wheelchair parade to the elevators, Lieutenant Sam already holding one, Dee rested her cheek on Philip's hand as it rested on her shoulder, Dee keeping her eyes closed, his touch a panacea for the nausea she felt, she hoping not to get sick until the far side of the hospital entry lobby. Dee's chair follow, Laney's chair followed immediately behind Dee, Kurt serving the Philip role for her. Stella and Laurie Baby just two steps behind while behind them, Sergeant Jesse and Isabel having a few parting remarks to share with the hospital staff, hurried to catch up. Everyone occupied, no one noticed the arrival of the adjacent elevator until its doors opened and hell broke loose. An orangutan of a man stepped quickly out crashed Lieutenant Sam into the metal elevator frame, cracking his skull, turning quickly to wallop the charging Philip in the center of his chest, snapping ribs and knocking him into the crowd of Kurt, nurses, and girlfriends, rushing to subdue the attacker, Philip's off-balance injured body tangling them. Orangutan man quickly pulled Dee's wheelchair into the elevator closing its doors, Dee's last memories of the event. Dee! And then, stop! Help! Dee! 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 Are you awake yet? I wouldn't want you to miss anything. She coming to, hearing the familiar fingernail on blackboard voice, smelling sulfur, remembering the blue men, the drugs, and him the evil from the bandstand, feeling him nearby hovering, feeling the tape sealing her lips, feeling the tape tightly, tightly securing her wrists, feeling her arms stretched over her head, straining her muscles, feeling a lot, but not feeling afraid. He can only hurt her, no biggie. 
Despite focusing, she heard no sound but his voice. Not moving? Keeping your eyes closed? Ha <laughs> fool me, fucking moron. She hearing but not reacting to the thwack of his hand smacking her face. She tasted the blood oozing from both her already teeth-slit tongue and just split lip, thinking, where's that Vaseline when you need it? Opening her eyes, seeing him gazing down on her, she naked. He cracked up. A Trixie rabbit. Eyes open, are they? Wanna watch yourself turn a trick? <laughs> My pathetic consolation prize. Where am I? Thinking. Hospital bed, hospital room. Layout like Laney's room, except here the single bed, the only piece of furniture. The wall studded out, waiting for sh the sheetrock. That waiting for wiring. Everyone waiting for Godot. Bodies flying. Lieutenant Sam. Bad. Philip, bad, too. Kurt, the girl's probably okay. She frustrated by her repeated, repeated fainting. Can't be a good thing, thinking. He droning on. Your hymen, payment for destroying my website, fucking little cunt. Been saving it for the big night? That special first time night with Philip? Well, as the song says, Catholic girls start much too late. Like music, do we? Philip will have to settle for second to enter the Holy of Holies. <laughs> Taking his clothes off while yammering, his nudity hidden by a thick mat of short red wiry hair completely covering his limbs and torso. He climbed on the bed, straddling her on all fours, dripping spittle, it landing, ran it landing randomly on her body, burning where it fell, D not reacting. Hey, don't think I'm going to have fun. Just the pleasure of fucking you out of something you value, making you give it up. A spite fuck, you can call it. Fuck, 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 fuck. But don't spread just now. First, you're going to lick my dick, saying, finding the end of the tape, covering her mouth and pulling it off, taking some thin splotches of skin with it, a small involuntary cry escaping D. Mustering her remaining strength, she drew in a deep breath, but before she could scream, he smashed her across the mouth again, not only adding to the rich taste of blood, not only exasperating her already wicked headache, but also destroying her internal gyroscope, her brain spinning out of control, top over bottom, side over side, corner over diagonally opposite corner, her last cogent thought wondering if when she threw she could hit his face. Floating somewhere, removed from the bed, the room in the hospital, she and the team back in the school gym the evening of the big game. She walking, almost floating over the parquet, smelling the gym floor dust, feeling the electricity of the fans and players, hearing the roar of the crowd, the cheerleaders, the compelling bounce of the basketball, 
feeling the belly flutter of anticipation. Real life throwing now, her stomach muscles jerking her to a near setup, her restraints yanking her back. She twisted her face in his direction, and although missing her primary target, his face, fortuitously hitting a collateral target, covering his genitalia with a double mouthful of weird-looking shit, forcing him to dismount, he deliberately putting a knee into her ribcage as he did, snapping one of her ribs, Dee disguising the pain, he picking Dee's dress from the floor, using it to clean off the yuck. She dizzying again, belly fluttering again, hearing the bounce-catch-bounce of a basketball, still distant but sounding so very non-hallucinatory that even the demon stopped cleaning his dick and environs to listen. And listening, hearing. Confirm. He hurrying to slip on his pants and face the door, she wondering, can two creatures face, share the same hallucination? The intermittent bouncing segued into a steady dribbling, closing on them until seeming immediately outside the room. Bouncing in place, stopping. The door swung open and the ball handler stepped onto the threshold. One brief look around the room and he spear-chucked the leather. Dee watching the blur as it whooshed through the air, seeing and hearing it smash into the demon's face hearing him grunt and watching as he fell backwards on his ass, watching Angel quickly closing, seizing him by the neck. He sledgehammer fist striking, knocking the demon into la-la land, Angel tossing him over his shoulder like a ro rolled-up rug. D, I know who you are. Where are you taking him? Where are you going? If you know, you know I am the dispenser of justice, going to do my job. Going away? Away? No, never away. But have you lost your basketball center and lunch companion? Yes. Thumb companion, she's saying. He walked to her bed and with his free hand untied her, rolling her up in the sheet like a cigar and setting her over his free shoulder. She floating again, loving the weightless, carefree, giddy feeling, born of the knowledge that the event truly, truly finished, over, kaput. Angel walked out of the room, carefully avoiding hugging Dee's head on the floor frame, not so considerate of his other package, banging through the empty corridor of the under-construction hospital floor, he stopped at the elevators and pressed the down button, an empty car arriving. He set D on the floor of the cab and pressed 16, stepping out as the doors closed on the unconscious girl.